Welcome back, folks, to the Gaming with Sidekicks podcast. This is episode 29, where we're talking about all things 2021 that we're looking forward to. This is your host, Isaac, and with me today is my illustrious co-host, one half of our full team of four, Stuart, a.k.a. The Conductor. Stuart, how's it going, sir? I am upright and breathing full. That's a good thing. Have you uh, have you not <laughs> been upright recently? I have not. <laughs> That's fair. That's, uh, yeah, I got I got bit by the COVID bug yeah. uh, to start the year. Sadly, yeah. so actually, I think it was the day we recorded was that night. The last time we recorded that night, I got the call from daycare saying that uh, our one year old's teacher had caught it. And sure enough, she our one year old got it and gave it to all of us. So yeah, it was a rough rough month. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but everybody's good. Everybody's healthy in the in the house. Yeah, now. everyone's good. I I got it the worst of him. Uh, my wife got it for about five days, and I had it. I was pretty pretty awful for about ten days, but no hospitalizations, and we're all we're all cleared. So perfect. I'm glad to hear. Yeah. Everybody's doing well there now. We're uh, our family is is in a good spot. Everybody's healthy, and um, Sue and I were just talking about we're on our way to vaccinating and hopefully joining um, each other for games again sometime in the near future, which would be nice. Indeed. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about a couple of games uh, that we are excited about coming into 2021. Speaking of games that we're looking forward to playing, some things we have on Kickstarter and some uh, some games we're just you know excited to see come out this year. Uh, to start, though, we want to talk about some things we either have recently gotten or have played. And Stuart, I know you... Uh, recently posted uh, on our Slack group something you were very excited about in a box that was probably big enough to pit, fit at least one of your children in it. Look like what? What was that that you got? Yeah, I think I could have. I think I could have gotten both of them in both there. Both of them. In. <laughs> it's a big box. Yeah the the label said it was thirty one pounds. That's crazy. Uh, which is just yeah, but ten pounds lighter than my my oldest. Wow. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I got uh, the season one, season two, and adventures of dice throne so uh, i'm very excited about that uh, i love chuck and dice as you'll probably see by almost every game i'm talking about that i'm looking forward to in 2021 <laughs> i think it has a dice component or some kind of uh uh component in terms of a bag and uh yeah so my wife loves the game as well uh which is a huge win and so i've got it uh spread out on the game table right now i've, I've punched everything i haven't sleeved everything i i went all in on everything i got season one re-rolled i got season two so uh we're very excited in the house to have a a calm evening where the kids decide to go to sleep finally on time and maybe we can play in the evening time (laughs) nice and uh and you guys had what did you have up until now you had just you had season one so i had the original season one with the six characters the re-rolled has eight um, and then I had the Seraph versus the Vampire the, season two. Yeah, the little two-player one, right? Yeah. Awesome. So any um, any characters that, that you're... Do you have a favorite character that you played with these? You know, I've tended to play a lot with the Seraph and the Paladin. Um, and they're... Uh, what, what's great now is that all of the player cards have um, the difficulty level on them from one to six. Nice. And so it's really interesting to look at them and, and you can kind of tell which ones are the ones and twos real quick because they don't have a lot of necessarily uh, like tokens and abilities. It's just like go kill <laughs> like bang, bang, bang kind of stuff. Perfect. Um, and then something like the whole player card is full of stuff. Um, so I, they all are, are fun because some it's like when you play the barbarian, it's a level one and it just, it's just attack, attack, attack all the time. And it's big numbers because it doesn't really have defense. And so you just want to try to get them quick. And then there are other ones that are just a little more nuanced where you kind of really need to know that character and how to pair some things together and, and make things kind of chain and fire. So it's just a lot of fun. Um, I can talk about, I'll, I'll talk about more of the, the differences maybe. Um, and when we talk about our, the, those games, but yeah, it's, it's really exciting and there's a huge online community for it as well. Yeah. I've noticed that I, I've, uh, Ethan and I have had fun playing it. It's a, I, I, I really do enjoy it. I like that the complexity is on there. Like you said, they added that. Um, I personally am a big fan of the, um, um, the barbarian, I just like the smash and go like and that mm-hmm. that works really well for that. But 
Cool. Well, I'm glad you managed to get your uh, ginormous box of Dice Throne stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, we've had a few games we've been playing in the house recently. Uh, Kohatu is one from 25th Century Games that we really enjoyed. It's a tile placing game uh, with a, a koi pond theme. I just love everything 25th Century Games has been putting out. They make some some really nice, easy family weight games where they're not crazy heavy. They don't take a lot of rule sets uh, to get through. I can say, here's how we're going to play this, X, Y, and Z. Set it up for the family. We can play it after dinner. And I've uh, really enjoyed getting to play that. And the best part is there are acrylic tiles in this thing. They're just beautiful. They've got like the underlying artwork and the over-the-top artwork. And it's got that water depth to it. So very, very nice. I believe the street date for that is... Uh, I want to say it's tomorrow, actually. So I think it's midweek here, February oh, 10th. Nice. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, the other game I really enjoyed, uh, I had the, how do I want to say this? The opportunity to play um, <laughs> with Stuart and JT when we had our giant gaming thing um, a little over a year ago. And I taught them a game that I thought personally had the potential to be one of the best games of 2019. Unfortunately, it was wrought with poor um, production issues and rules issues, but it was still a good game. And the problem is, and a lot of you have experienced this, and Stuart definitely experienced it through this game, is if you have a bad experience with a game, you're usually not willing to give it another shot. I, I, have, I actually, I, I'm willing to give this game another shot. I, I am, but, but I just, I feel that to way be too. Able to print off the 18 pages of rules changes. Yeah, it's only one rule change, but <laughs> like the one, but that broke the game. But like for me, like so, for example, as I di- digress here, Blood Rage. I had a bad experience the first time I played Blood Rage. It was way too late at night. It was after driving a bunch. I really wasn't paying attention. It like super soured me on the game, and I've just never been interested in playing it again. So that was me with Terraforming Mars because the first time I played it was at your house at 3 a.m. Yeah, I do remember. And, and, with Jin. and Jin was teaching yep. us. Yep. And Jin just goes, and yep. I was not ready to go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And actually, recently, I played it. I played it uh, last weekend, I think it was, or the weekend, um, yeah, two weekends ago, I think I played it again with a buddy of mine because he got into it. And Different he was super experience. excited and went out and yeah, got that all the broken token stuff. Yep. And he was playing it with his wife and like, this is a big step up for him. They were like Carcassonne and Scrabble. <laughs> and so like, he's going full into it now. And he like got rally man GT on Kickstarter. So like, he's like really yeah. getting into stuff and, awesome. and um yeah. And so they're one of our, you know, close quarantine uh, friends that we, we see um, they're in our bubble. And, um, and, you know, since we already had it, we felt pretty confident that we weren't, you know, we weren't spreading. Sure, absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, went and played it and it was a blast because, you know, the people and the environment was different and, you know, it was four years later and I'm better at understanding board games now too. And so, and I didn't have to teach you. It was great. I, I, and <laughs> so I, I, I know what you're, I know what you're speaking to. And I played another <laughs> game with you that I think if you played again, you would enjoy that you didn't have the best experience, but it, it, it's easy to, to fall into that and give something, you know, a chance. That being said, um, the game we're talking about is Flotilla. And uh, again, one of the more unique mechanisms of a game, the way you flipped back and forth, and it just had so much to explore. Um, WizKids just put out a two-player game in the the universe of Flotilla called Seastead. And it's it's great. Ethan and I played it a couple times. It reminds me a lot of Duelosaur Island. And they took a game that's really, mm. really good and um, like uh, simmered it down to the to really fun, easy parts. The setup's really quick and easy. There's a little bit of an I pick you choose with the resources, and you're using those resources to build uh, building locations on these four different flotillas, trying to gain points and trying to make things happen. It's like 20, 30 minutes. It's quick. It's easy. It's two player only. Um, but it still has the really nice artwork from Flotilla. It's got a deck of cards you can add in to make it a little bit more of a challenge, which I like that it's not going to always be the same type of game. Um, really uh, enjoyed it more than I expected to, and it's one I look forward to trying a couple times to see if it's got enough depth that I want to keep going back to it. But that's uh, Seastead uh, from over there at, that's great. at WizKids. Yeah, so a couple fun things. Um kind of reminds me of you know, speaking of terraforming mars is that the terraforming mars dice game yes. is coming out uh, soon this year 
And that's kind of the same thing. They kind of whittled it down a little bit, took a little bit of the complexity away, made it a tighter package in terms of gameplay and time. And it's, but it still has, you know, the same kind of iconography. And if you, you, if you've played it before, you kind of get what's going on and it's got dice. So, I mean, great. Well, and anytime a game can do that, right. Where there's a familiarity to the world. I think that's an easy, mm-hmm. um, easy transition right into something. So yeah. it was good. really interesting too. I watched a little video, um, from the designers or one of the brothers, I think it's four brothers that work together. Um, on, on that, um, I forget the fry something fry, something French. I'm sure you'll look it up. Um, but, uh, yeah, they all does, they all kind of designed a prototype for themselves of the game. And then they took and bits and pieces and decided which, which parts of each brother's version of it was the best and kind of went forward with it. It was really fascinating to hear them talking about it. Interesting. Yeah. No, where did you hear that? You said, uh, there's a YouTube video interview with the, one of the brothers. Nice. Um, so. it's the same designers you did the original. Uh, it's the same company. Okay. So the designer for, uh, terraforming Mars is Jacob Fry Frylix. Yeah. Uh, and then his, his game company is Fry is Fry. producing it. F R Y X games. So I don't know if that's just yeah. straight up fry. Um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, so that's that actually leads us into uh, into a good transition into what we're talking about today is games, kind of upcoming things that we're excited about into 2021. So maybe some things we played, maybe that we haven't played, but that we, you know, a, a why we're so excited about that particular game or designer or, or something along that line. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go ahead and jump right in into one that I had a chance to play through uh, Tabletop Simulator. And uh, they ran the Kickstarter in the fall last year, so it should be coming out sometime this year. And that's uh, In Too Deep from Burn Island Games. And In Too Deep uh, was probably one of the more unique themed games I'd played in a while, where it, it's kind of a Matrix um, mentality with a little bit of a... Um, a little bit of a get the bad guy cops and robbers kind of game, but basically you're plugging into the mind of these villains of these evil characters. And when you plug into them, you're committing crimes through them and then gaining resources, gaining information to try and uh, beat the syndicate. The into deep part says, as you go into the villains, if you go into deep into the bad decisions that you can make, you could get to the point where you end up actually losing the game because you've gone too far to the to, <laughs> to the dark side. So it allows you to make decisions that maybe are better for you in game, more points, more resources, more opportunities. But if you slide too far down that rabbit hole, it's going to end up burning you. So it's a little bit of a push your luck type of mechanic. And one of my favorite, I think, underused aspects of a game is a rondelle in a board. And this has a kind of an action-based rondelle as you move around. And I love that kind of click, 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 move in each direction and, and decide where you're going to go. Um, the art's beautiful. The theme is, like I said, that kind of cool Matrix cyberpunk uh, future world thing. It, it looks like it's going to be great. I really enjoyed uh, Tabletop Simulator. is tough to really get a feel for a game physically. But, man, I, I really enjoyed getting a chance to demo this one out and play it a couple times. So... It's in too deep coming uh, from Kickstarter and uh, Burn Island Games sometime here in 2021. Yeah, it's awesome. I backed that as well, and off the recommendation of you, and and obviously because of the the lineage of the from the designers and and the the manufacturer as well. So I'm excited about that one as well. Never got a chance to play it, but yeah, it's... I, I, I tend I tend not to do that though. I for, especially for the Kickstarter ones. I kind of just go off of the people I trust and, and I try not to research it too much or, or get too deep into it. I want to try to experience the game when I get it a little bit more. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'll, I'll change my tune on things. If I have a bad batch of stuff over <laughs> one course a year, I may, I, I don't know though. <laughs> there's a few that I feel that I've definitely, um, there's some that's, that's based off recommendation or because it's the hot thing and everybody's, you know, like mm-hmm. this is awesome. You got to try it. But like you said, honestly, I have my Kickstarter um, you know, alerts set up, right? And I see, oh, Stuart backed this, JT backed this, you know, buddy 
Derek back this. Like, okay, I'm going to go check that out. And, and they all did it in the first five seconds. Right, so. exactly. <laughs> and, and, and there's actually, there was one getting talked about online today that I missed that was back in like December. Uh, and I'm like, oh, it's got late pledge and everybody's like talking it up like crazy today. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go back and, you know, and see if that one's what was that? worth it as well. Um, and you're going to ask me that. And I was not. <laughs> <laughs> You'd see me scrambling I've, for my I've for seen my, that too a couple times though. For my phone. You know, I've, um, yeah. Where is that? Like I didn't get in on the the most recent two. I didn't get in on Carnegie. Yep, I, I did and I didn't get either. in on. There was another Dar- one that was Darwin was the other big one. Yeah, the Darwin's Journey. Yeah, I skipped that one. Uh, Endless yeah. Endless Winter was the one that. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I heard Derek talking about it on his video. Yeah, and it's yeah. everybody today was like a couple of the guys like Jeremy Howard said this is game of the year for 2021, no question. Mm. Like. That's a bold early call. Um, so I was like, all right, <laughs> all right, maybe I'll look at this. And so I, I'm less likely to do that for a game that uh, doesn't have a lot of stuff in the Kickstarter. Like I'm willing to wait because I got plenty of stuff waiting to play, right? So mm-hmm. um, that one had looked like it had a lot of extras in the Kickstarter. So it's on my maybe list. Uh, I'm going to probably actually check out some of the video play of it this week and decide if I want to late back that or not. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, and part of the reason I didn't do Darwin's Journey was because of the game I'm going to talk about now. Um, I don't think they're they're on par in terms of complexity and, and depth and whatnot, but it's the same kind of uh, genre, if you will. Uh, but this is uh, Genotype. Uh, this is by Genius Games. Uh, it was Kickstarter back in 2020. Um, they're running a little behind. Um you know, uh, they're probably six months behind, and most people are at this point because of COVID, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, this was uh, almost an instant back just because of the theme. Uh, you know, many of you, if, if you know me, I'm a former band director, and I do a lot of stuff with marching bands now. Uh, but my original major, what, a, what I was accepted in uh, to college for, was molecular cellular biology. I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and so I was going to be geneticist and I wanted to do gene splicing and DNA editing and like CRISPR and all that oh, stuff yeah. back nice. before it was kind of the hotness. You know, I, when I, I started college, it was, you know, the human genome project was was still kicking. Nice. And so that was that was my jam. And then I shifted into music. I did both for two years. And so um, this game uh, kind of talks a lot about that. You're kind of an assistant in the 1900 or 19th century, um, and you're doing um, experiments with peas and trying to find, you know, which ones, you know, why they're coming out this color and why they're coming out this size. And and so you're working with genomes and phenomes and um, work and trying to edit basically and create specific orders of these pea plants. And so it's kind of a if, if if you'll go with me for a second, it's kind of a mix of viticulture and Scoville. Okay. <laughs> there's worker placement and there's action selection, um, and you're you're getting orders, if you will, for like the wine orders. You're getting plant orders for the pea plants, and they have different attributes um, that they have to have. And so they have to have like the two big T's, and then a big T and a little T, and. Um, so it's it's dominant and recessive genes that you're manipulating on the main board every round to create specific versions of genes that you're trying to then pair up with your cards that you are kind of like your orders that you're trying to grow. And so it's successive rounds and there's some asymmetric abilities and you can get special tools and equipment uh, that allow you to to do special things and manipulate certain things. But there's also lots of dice to roll because each of the four genome types have a set of dice involved and whatever number you roll with the dice is what pairing you get of uh, the dominant and recessive genes. And so there's there's a lot of really cool interaction and um, some manipulation and you get like these altered like kind of like um, uh, mutant genes that become wilds but they cost a lot more and so yeah and you got a little tableau that you're building as well and it, it just looks really interesting um it looks like it and it's the art is beautiful on it it's very classical looking awesome. um and they've got some upgraded components with metal coins and and, and different things as well so uh, it just looked like a really interesting fun game it, it funded really quick like in three hours and so yeah it was right up my alley and so i'm, I'm really looking forward to getting this in the next couple months that's awesome 
Yeah, that's uh, Genius Games just makes super quality stuff. Like I'm, uh, that's one I'll probably have to. I did not back that or or, or look into that one. I'll have to um, get that because that's that's actually what my daughter's interest is. Is she's you know looking at med school and genetics or forensics or something along that list. I, she really enjoyed um, uh, Cytosis from them as well. Yeah, another, same company. Yeah, yeah another super, super game. Just pretty, very well done. The science is correct and... and right, and that exactly. It's <laughs> super accurate, right? Like, it's not... They didn't, like, try and, uh, you know, wedge a game into the science. They took the science and made a game out of it. And mm. uh, that that is fun. Awesome. Well, another one for me that I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing is a two-player only game. So, kind of speaking of Seastead, I don't have a, a ton of like two-player only games in my collection. Um, I had a couple, uh, but this one is is definitely going to be high on my list. I had a chance to play and do a preview of it for the Kickstart campaign. And it's from um, designer Tim Eisner, who has just been you know super hot with some of the games that he's been putting out in the recent past, um, like Wonderland's War is one of his uh, more recent designs, and Tidal Blades was him as well. And there's a game called Canopy, and this is actually from his um, his design studio uh, specifically. And Canopy is a two-player game. Vincent Dutre does the art, and it's just it's a beautiful game. You're in the rainforest, and it, it does a, a very good set collection game for two players in that you're trying to collect you know different types of plants and animals and things score points whether you have certain amounts of them or negative points if you have you know odds versus evens but you create a stack of three decks in each turn you're looking at the cards in that first deck where there's one card and if you don't like that card you don't want it you add a card face down from the deck then you look at stack two where there's two cards and if you don't like those you add a card from the deck. And then maybe I like stack three, so I'll grab all those and I add one card to that spot to the deck. So you're constantly adding cards to make that deck a little bit better to say, okay, now's the turn I want to grab it. So it's kind of a, when do I grab it? When do I leave it? Do I want to get stuck with these cards? And is what's in here good enough to offset the bad enough that's in it? So (laughs) really fun game. Um, Simple, small box game. And um, a person, like I said, really looking forward to it. Between the art and the designer, they're two of my two of my favorites. Uh, they both do really, really high quality work. So that is Canopy, which should be filling from Kickstarter. I believe it's third quarter. I recently got a um, email update. Yeah, there was an update recently. Yeah, is that that one you backed as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what else, sir? What else is on your list? Yeah, the next one on my list is uh, Steampunk, Steampunk Rally Fusion by Roxley Games. Um, this is another one that it stuck out to me. I mean, I love the steampunk art and that kind of vibe. And then it was science-based with, uh, you know, <clears throat> tons of legends of invention and entrepreneurs and, and just stuff like that. And so, like, having this hodgepodge of characters throughout time all battling in this steampunk race with these you know, contraption, you know, wedged together, created racing pods just seemed really fun. (laughs) And so uh, basically you're a inventor through time and you're either on Mars or Machu Picchu and you're racing. And so there's a bit of uh, there's card drafting in terms you get four cards every turn. You get to pick one and you're going to add that to your racing pod. Um, there's the engine building is basically that the card drafting. And so you're creating, um, you know, uh, uh, basically a, a pod racer and it's going to have all kinds of different abilities. And you're going to try to chain these together and make them work together. And one card may work better with the other card. And then you're getting new cards and building on there, but they got to fit together. So sometimes you're blowing up your ship to reassemble it, to put it in a different order <laughs> and kind of do some stuff. Um, and then it's got, um, I mean, it's very asymmetrical, which I love when you don't have like the same thing going on as your as your neighbor. Um, the racing aspect of it, you're you're racing across a course, um, and then it's got dice, and every turn you're rolling dice, and then you're placing those dices to trigger different things. So it's got a little bit of, um, uh, oh, the game is escaping me. It, there's a Kickstarter like part two coming out for it now too. Um, the manufacturing. Oh, oh, what fantastic is it? Factories? 
Yes, it's got a little bit of fantastic factories in terms of your you're building that your tableau of factories basically, but the factories are now the engine parts and different components of your pod racer, and you're placing those dice and the numbers of the the pips on the dice really matter in terms of the power and the execution of those abilities to get more dice or to manipulate the dice or to move faster across the board or to take a different shortcut path and not take damage. And so there was lots of really cool things going on, and it seemed like the re- replayability was so high with you know 16 different characters and the different um, the drafting component. And there's actually the the fusion version of it, like part two, basically is a standalone, but it can be mixed together with all of the characters and components and parts of the original one that came out in 2016. And so there's just lots of merging and, and cool, fun stuff that you can do. And the game plays um, kind of all at the same time. And so it's a little solitary because you're not really concerned what your neighbor's doing. Sure. But there's action happening all the time. And so there's not a lot of dead time. And so I thought that was really exciting as well. If you uh, do have the original. I don't, but I got the all in. So I've got both now well, you, when it comes in. Have you played the original? I haven't. Yeah. I've watched some videos. It just looked really cool. Yeah, I haven't played it either, but it's one that, you know, has a few years on it, but is, has, you know, still been fairly popular from what I could tell, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the past. So that's awesome. It didn't, I, I didn't, I felt like I didn't have anything that was exactly kind of like this. Yeah. And it's Roxley. So you feel, again, like. I feel very confident. Yeah. We <laughs> talked about the, the confidence. Some of these are games that you're, you trust the designer. You, you, mm-hmm. you enjoy the art. Those are both good. But the companies, you know, they get to build, uh, they get to build confidence, right? Like Burn mm-hmm. Island Games, it's super confidence in what they put out. Like I feel like Orange Nebula, Orange Nebula, has yeah. only put out one game, right? So this <laughs> they got a second one coming. I'm, I'm talking about. I'm later. just saying, like, <laughs> like, but I'm saying, like, they they have a one game, but that's how good their one game was that people are like. Yeah, I trust. And all the and, and all the additional things that oh, they've yeah, added yeah. to that game. It's added it hasn't just they've never done a a Kickstarter or an add-on to that game to get more money. It's always been really new stuff, deep and, right. new things that really added really interesting and meaningful layers to the game. So in regards to uh Roxley, did you back their current Kickstarter, uh Badlands? I did not. Or Rad, Radlands, sorry. Radlands, yeah. yeah. I, I saw it pop up a ton. Yeah. Uh, but got, I was sick in bed. It's, it's got, uh, I just looked it up. It's got uh, 50, 59 hours left to go. Okay. Uh, so I, maybe I will investigate in the morning. Yeah. I haven't, I, I did not back it. Um, it's on my, like, I it's looked, like cyberpunk, right? Yeah. I looked at it. It looks interesting. Takes you through the apocalypse. The art looks fun. Uh, it's not a heavy price point, and so and to me, I think we talked about this either. Like the deluxe edition is the like, okay, like is do I need to get this on Kickstarter or can I wait until you know Origins twenty twenty five when we next go to Origins and see if you know, I can just buy it there <laughs> at, at their booth? Well, and I've also tried to make a deal to not buy as many games this year on Kickstarter. I, we did some financial analysis and we've been trying to make a budget and I added up all the Kickstarter money I spent last year and it was a little frightening. Yeah, it can get a little frightening on there. It's an easy, easy <laughs> click and go. Um, yeah. So yeah, I honestly, I haven't backed to Kickstarter yet this year, I don't think. Um, Same. And, and I, Radlands is probably one I would have like, I wouldn't have even blinked to, to grab, but I think I'm going to wait to to get a chance to play it. Um, I'm actually looking. I'm curious if I, yeah, December was the last time I backed something. It was Creature Comforts from uh, Kids Table Board Gaming. So, uh, yeah, it's on my, like, I look forward to trying it, but I don't need to necessarily grab it quite yet. So, mm-hmm. cool. Speaking of uh, Kickstarters, um, another one that I have on my list I'm looking forward to is a game from Forbidding Games. Now, Forbidding Games put out a stellar game in Raccoon Tycoon. It's a bidding economy game that is super simple and easy to understand. Anybody can jump right into it and build the market up, climb the market down, fulfill orders. I had a chance to teach this one to Stuart uh, and his wife, I believe, played this along with with another friend and um, they seem to really enjoy it it's it's a fun easy 
game in economics. They took that game and moved it up a notch or three with their newest game coming from Kickstarter, and that's Lizard Wizard. And so Lizard Wizard takes the same kind of world of Raccoon Tycoon, plays very similar, but adds magic, adds spells. You're recruiting lizards. You're trying to cast powerful spells. You're going and digging into a dungeon uh, where you're you're kind of doing a pressure luck to try and get more resources. Ultimately, you're trying to get the right resources to build the spell combinations to win the game. Uh, the art, first and foremost, on Raccoon Tycoon, stellar. Super cool, very neat with the characters. Lizard Wizard does the same thing, but with literal lizard wizards. So I look forward to see what uh, wordplay they make for their next game. I can't even imagine where else they're going to go with this, but it's uh, it's it's a pretty game. It should be a easy to get to the table, like we were talking about earlier, if you enjoyed Raccoon Tycoon. It's it's the next like uh, more gamey version of that to to give you more of a challenge. So it's a fun one. One I'm looking forward to. You you enjoyed Raccoon Tycoon, right? When we had a chance to play it. Yeah, yeah, and I've got it too. And uh, yeah, it it was a blast. And I've I've heard lots of great things about uh, Blizzard Wizard as well. Awesome. So and I think that one. I'm just trying to remember. I know I've seen an update here recently with them as well. Um, I think that might be coming our way soon i'm looking production timing could be arriving at doorsteps in early july so we're looking at you know october yeah (laughs) 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 could be the case Um, you know all right so what else you got on your list yeah so um this one uh i Cannot speak to the game at all. And I'll explain why. So the number one IP, and this is going to surprise you too. The number one IP that I would do anything for and would, it's just insta buy. If I see something about it, I'm going to get it. Do you have a guess? My Little Pony. Uh, close. It's so <laughs> close. <laughs> uh, it's Stargate. Dang it! You knew. I know. Wow. I know. Look, I know. You. I know. You're a big Stargate fan. I I know it's Stargate <laughs> and then Star Trek, and then MCU. That would be my guess of your of your top three. Oh no! It, yeah, it's it's Stargate then MCU then probably Star Wars then Star Trek. Star Wars. Okay, I know Picard yeah. holds, holds a. And you guys enjoy oh, the Star for Trek sure. stuff. You and the misses. Oh, yes. Yeah, but number one is Stargate, it's, no question. It, but, but by far and away, it's just <laughs> not even close in my in my in my book. Um. Now, part of it is because I, I grew up on it. Um, you know, that when the show started, it started on Showtime. And for some reason, my dad let me watch it and probably wasn't appropriate for my age or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, I remember seeing the, uh, the Emmerich film, Kurt Russell. I just, I, I just, anything space I was just into and just the worlds that it created, the world building that the, the creators did. Um, you know, within our universe and other universes, it just, it was endless and it was just, it, it felt so amazing. And, you know, I've even gone back and rewatched all 10 seasons of the show and they had two spinoff shows and, and, you know, there's been talk about getting another movie, you know, for years, um, probably wouldn't ha- won't happen now because Independence Day 2 was just awful. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Um, so I backed a Stargate RPG game on Kickstarter. I've never once played an RPG. I've never done a dungeon crawl. I've never done any D&D ever in my really? life. Nothing? It was never anything I had ever been exposed to. No one in my circle of people in my childhood or young adult life ever did that. Um, so I'm clearly deprived. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Um, so, yeah. And so um, I think you actually reached out to me. Um, about doing some some reviews for them uh, for this. And so I, I got a hold of a early copy. Um, and this was before COVID happened and COVID happened and everything blew up. Um, but they ended up still running the Kickstarter. And so I backed it and I'm just so excited. I mean, to to walk back into that universe and to create characters and create missions that are 
you know, I just I'm so geeked out and I have to make sure I get the right people to do this with, too. That will be almost like half excited as I am, maybe. <laughs> and then it'll be great. <laughs> I mean, you just want people that are. Yeah. Like you said, that are like that are going to be into it. Right. Yeah. And, well, and I need someone that's run a campaign before because there's no way in heck that I'm going to run this campaign. I just want to be in it. And so I need to find a, a good dungeon master that can help me. And I, and I know, I know I have a couple of friends now that are willing to do that and interested in it. So, uh, I'm just really excited for everyone to hopefully get vaxxed up and we can meet in person and do this. So, I mean, this is, I oh mean, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And like you said, as a, you know, with an RPG or anything that's like that, I played some D and D in college and, and it worked well because I, really enjoyed playing it with the people I enjoyed playing it with and we could really get into mm-hmm. it and have fun. And that's, that's going to be the key with this. Right. And you know, if you find you get a good group that's super excited about it, that's, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Very cool. When is that uh, gonna, gonna find its way? To uh, it's supposed know? to come out in April. Oh wow. That's coming up. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I, um, I haven't, I haven't done a RPG in a long time. I did a one off at Origins like five years ago, one of the first Origins I went to kind of did a, mm. a little silly um, um, Cobalt. It was called Cobalt Ate My Baby. It's a, <laughs> it's a silly little, like you're playing these Cobalts that are like cannon fodder and they die. You quickly roll another one and you're trying to attack the villagers and it was silly. It was fun, uh, but you know nothing that, I, that really stuck with long term. Uh, let's see what else is, what else do I have on my list? Um, did that, did that. All right. I'm going to talk about one more. So this again goes to company and, uh, Ed Baroff, who is, um, the head cheese over at pencil first games, does some of the most beautiful games, uh, that come out as far as the artwork and the style in the smooth, almost like Zen like nature of these games. And so herbaceous, is on that list. The 100 Tory we talked about earlier, uh, Sunset Over Water, and um, the newest one that we had a chance to play uh, and is coming out, I believe this summer, I'd have to check on this also, is called The Whatnot Cabinet. The Whatnot Cabinet plays one to four players. It is He, he grabs probably my favorite artist for a lot of his games and that's uh, Beth Sobel and this is another one that's done by Beth the art is amazing it's beautiful it's a very very simple easy game my wife and I I asked her to try this like I do for most of the games I get that she's willing to try I bet we played this prototype copy 20 times she absolutely loved it she was not happy when I said I had to send it back (laughs) <laughs> um, it just it's got abstract strategy you're trying to build these rows and columns and i think it's like a four by three grid so it's not a huge thing you're trying to match sets you're trying to match colors um it's not like it's not a tough game but there's there's enough depth each time you play it with what you're trying to do and man if she didn't love it like i bet it doesn't go more than you know a couple times a month before she says are we getting that whatnot cabinet back yet so I know she's she's really excited about about seeing this one. Uh, I'm excited to get it back, and and like I said, the the guys over at Pencil First Games have just done uh, tremendous stuff. Skulk Hollow is from them, also, just some some really really good quality game and uh, similar like what we said on the front end. That's a company that no matter what they're putting out, um, I'm back in it almost instantly. Like I, um, it's a no no question type of company for me. Yeah, that's great. All right. Uh, last one. Um, I know we can both kind of talk about as well, uh, but this one's by Skybound and Druid City Games, and that's Wonderland's War. Uh, so I know this has a lot of things that uh, are attractive to both of us um, in terms of the bag management and the chips going in, you know, Orleans style. Oh, yeah. And so that was the first thing I noticed about that game. And so like, all right, uh, I, I love that. That sounds great. Um, you know, we all know that anything with Skybound and Druid City, the, the production value is going to be over the top. And I think they've done it again with this, um, in terms of its art, um, you know, in quality, you know, you're getting the, the real chips and not cardboard cutouts when you get the deluxe stuff. Um, you know, it just, it looks really interesting. The theme is really fun. 
Um, and it's kind of a game within a game. You know, you've got the card drafting element where you're drafting to get the chips um, and you're moving around the table doing the tea party and you're trying to outmaneuver other people to race to get certain cards because they're in different positions around the, the, the table. Um, and you're trying to synergize with your asymmetric ability. You know, every every character uh, that people are playing with are wildly different in terms of what they can do and how they can be upgraded, which seemed really interesting to me because along with it being an asymmetric power, um, they're upgradable um, to like three or four or five different levels in terms of its power and reach. So every round will play the same in terms of um, structure, but will feel wildly different because you're going to have way more opportunities and different opportunities to do things, uh, both to benefit you and to, to maybe, you know, strike back at another person. So that component sounded really interesting to me, watching some playthroughs and reading about it. Um, and then you go into the war part. Um, and so you're, uh, through the course of drafting the cards and getting different um, um, people to support you and other Wonderlandians to put out, you're putting them out in different regions. And then every each of these regions, I think there's five, maybe six regions, uh, go to war with each other. And so you're, that's when you start pulling your chips and you get certain powers and abilities and then you start losing your recruits and, and whoever wins that uh, war um, gets a certain amount of victory points. And those victory points kind of compound on each other as the later in the rounds that you get. There's three different rounds. And so, you know, and your character may like being in a specific area. Um, or you may have cards that um, give you more bonus points by winning and putting castles in specific areas over other ones. And so there was just, it seemed like um, it would take a couple plays to really get the flow. But once you do, it seemed like it was kind of endless opportunity to do things and kind of manipulate in terms of um, replayability as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to trying the, the finished product of this one. I... Uh, had a chance to um, Ian Moss, one of the co-designers of this, and and John Gilmore uh, in my local groups. I had a chance to play test this a couple of different times as they were, you know, making changes. And it's always interesting to play a game in that, you know, that that pre-production world of it as they're trying. Well, let's see what this happens and let's see how this does. So uh, even the prototype of it was still. I mean, the the artwork is is great. It's um, Oh shoot! It's not Manny Tremblay. I'm trying to remember who does the artwork for this one. Um, but it's um, it's the same guys who did um, Title Blades. Uh, let me see. But yeah, it's 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 just a beautiful game. It's one I'm really looking forward to to seeing on the table. And like you said, the production from uh, Druid City Games has been pretty stellar. Like. Everything that they've put out is is very well done, art wise, production wise. It's it's not a game that you're gonna assume they cut corners on on presentation by any means. Um, and <laughs> and yeah, like like Quacks, uh, like like Orleans, like Quacks. I love the the plastic, you know, uh, pieces and and everything goes into those for sure. Yeah. Let's see, artist is Trembly. Oh, it is Manny Trembly then. Okay, the episode yeah. of my fault. So yeah, so this one's Eisner Brothers and mm-hmm. Ian Moss. And Ian Moss. Yeah, putting yeah. this one together. So yeah, it's fun stuff. I, I look forward to to seeing how this one uh, turned out when it's uh, when it hits the hits the tables. Uh, I believe the expect. I don't know what their current. It's like June, July ish now. Okay, yeah, I think it was first quarter, yeah. so I think it got pushed back just a little bit. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so some some good stuff, some good good games coming, some some stuff we're excited to to see hit the table. And um, you know, I'm I'm personally looking forward to seeing what uh, what the time frame is for some of these. And, and I know there's been some delays with that, but it'll be interesting to see if you know if all these deliver uh, in a in a timely fashion, which is always a question mark with Kickstarter. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> you know, and it's been a rough year. So I mean, I'm I'm not holding anything against any of these companies yeah. at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Cool, sir. Hey, anything uh, anything else from from your end? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I've got a couple more that are you know in the in the pipeline. Um, 
you know, the Orange Nebula game that we talked, um, you know, we talked about that. I'm really looking forward to Unsettled. Um, it's a cooperative game, which is really interesting. Um, and it's world building. It's, you know, you're, you're stranded on this random planet and the planet's almost alive sometimes. And you're trying to, you're trying to survive. And it just, it, the, what Orange Nebula does is they create games where you feel like you're in that environment. Like when you play Vindication, you feel like you are this scum of the earth and you are <laughs> fighting to become vindicated, you know, and you feel like you're in those battles with the dragon in the middle or you're in these battles with each other. And, you you know, you really feel immersed in the 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 life that's been created for you within this game. Um, and so... The, the, when I looked at uh, Unsettled, I was like, "Yes, this this seems awesome." <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to that. And it's a the fact that it's strictly cooperative just gives me another kind of um, style of game to add to the collective. You know, there's there's a lot of games can be co- uh, cooperative and can, but they always have a component at the end that you know makes it a feud. This one's just straight up: you you either survive or you don't. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, like you said, Orange Nebula. You know they they did amazing with Vindication, so I'm I'm interested to see. This is one I did not not personally back, but um, I, if anything, history repeats itself. If they put some work into you know future Kickstarters like they did with Vindication, then I can always jump in and yeah, you can jump future. back in later. Yeah, yep. for sure. Very cool, sir. All right, well, uh, I think that about wraps up our episode here. So. Um, we want to encourage you to uh, please come check us out over at our main site, which is www.gamingwithsidekicks.com, where we cover all things board game, card game related. We've got some reviews. We've got some written material, video material. You can check out and see what we're doing over there. Also follow us on our social media pages at Instagram, Twitter, our YouTube feed, and our facebook pages Uh, you can find us at gaming with sidekick for most of those and for facebook you can follow us on our main page or our gaming with sidekicks board game community page where we have discussion giveaways and so much more and actually this week um you know get over to that gaming with sidekicks community page because we'll be throwing up a giveaway for a uh, big box of uh kingdom rush from lucky duck games they're currently doing a well, I, it's just automatic. You want to say Kickstarter? It's not Kickstarter. It's GameFound. <laughs> uh, so they're doing their campaign on GameFound. It funded in like 29 minutes, I think. It, it's blowing up over there. Kingdom Rush being the uh, tower defense iOS app game. Uh, this is their second game in that series. It's a standalone game called Elemental Uprising, and we're going to be giving away a big box version of the original, which is Rift in Time, to kind of help celebrate what they're doing over there and get some eyes on it. So. Keep an eye out. That game is humongous. I have it. It's Stuart can see it right now. It's right here above my head. It takes up like half a calyx spot. Um, it's it's a big one. So they're gonna. Looks like us. season one of Dice Throne. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna help <laughs> us uh, give one of those out to to one of our one of our friends over in our community group. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, I've had the opportunity to uh, do some work with our friends over at One Board Family. Ryan, who is uh, one of the team members of the four guys over there and I have been doing Monday night chat um, we have we need a name for this thing right now it's just called game chat I think with Isaac and Ryan uh, we're doing this Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook on both of our channels we just pick a subject we talk for like 30 minutes and um, entertain questions and comments from the crowd we had really good interactions this week we talked about games to play with your spouse um, like what what does your spouse, or your partner, significant other enjoy? How do you um, make sure you find games that they like and, and kind of get into their wheelhouse and, and some ideas for Valentine's Day coming up uh, for game games to play and games to, to check out. So check that out. We're going to be doing that every other Monday. It'll probably end up being like the first and third Monday, somewhere around there of the month. And, um, you know, we're just, we're just having a good time getting getting some material out, getting some interaction with uh, with all of you since we can't do it in in public this has been a a fun way to to get that going so uh once again we want to encourage you like we said to to get out play some games find the time to do that 
with your friends if you're able to, with your family members if they let you, or if nothing else, find a find a good app that you enjoy a good solo game and you know spend some time playing those games that you like with the people that you love. So from all of us over here at Game of Sidekicks, from myself, Isaac, and from Stuart, my co-host Stuart, thank you for joining me this evening. Always a pleasure. Indeed. So from all of us, all of you, keep playing those games you like, and we'll see you guys next time. See you. Cheers. <laughs> had to throw on the Tink. cheers. Yeah, had to throw on the cheers. <laughs> Since uh, we don't have our, our other partner in crime, JT, tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Soon enough. Yeah, he was soon enough. Yeah, he was at the Super Bowl. You guys may have seen him. He was uh, streaking across the field. That was him. Yeah, they cut away real quick. <laughs> Please tell me you saw what the story behind that guy and why he did that. I have no idea, but I saw the pictures. Yeah, so the guy supposedly placed a prop bet that there would be a streaker at the game. It's amazing. And made like a quarter, like three hundred some thousand dollars from it. <laughs> they didn't they didn't invalidate it i have no idea that's what i've seen so far i don't know if it's even true but i saw i'll to afford the message to it but if that's the case i think we may have found a found a way to to buck the system with his prop bets so right oh my gosh <laughs> yeah the, the, all the money was on orange again and it ended up being blue oh man gatorade Gatorade hasn't been red Gatorade in like 30 years or something. It's disgusting. No one drinks that. Red dye, it's bad for you. <laughs> I think all the dye is probably bad for you. Fair enough. Welcome to Gatorade chat, friends. <laughs> so, GME.